Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone to Sister Wives with Mary Jane Kay. Today, I'll be giving my commentary on Sister Wives, Season 18, Episode 2, Thanks for Nothing. I feel like this season of Sister Wives is just going to be one repetitive Groundhog Day. Every episode seems to be just the same thing over and over with even the same flashback clips being played as if the audience has dementia. Robin squeezing out tears, complaining it's us versus them, no one accepts us, I'm a victim, my kids are victims, Cody being an unhinged monster, bitter moonlighting as father of the year, taking Aurora, who can probably drive herself and go with her friends to get her ears pierced. Where was Cody during Isabel's major surgery? Where was Cody during Gabe's birthday? Where is Cody when it counts? Cody was too busy bitching about his Rona symptoms to even remember that it was Gabe's birthday. He wanted pity. He wanted commiseration. But he wasn't devoted enough to his son as a father to realize, wow, I might be sick, but this is also the day this life I created came into this world. Where was Cody when it was time for Cody to move Isabel to North Carolina for college? Let's remember, that was just far too dangerous because of C-19 for Cody to make that trip, but Cody didn't hesitate to do a road trip to officiate his friend's wedding during the Rona. Rona be damned, Cody was going to dance in that limelight. He was going to soak it in. But here he is, being father of the year, taking one of the royal children to get her ears pierced, but he couldn't make it to Isabel's surgery. He couldn't even remember Gabe's birthday. But Rona be damned, Cody could make it to the wedding to officiate, to be in the limelight and soak up all that food for his ego. That was no problem. Nom, nom, nom. Cody savored it. This episode, Cody talks about wanting to get love and devotion from others in his family, from the others. Cody only gets love and devotion from Robin and her royal children. But notice... Cody talks about getting devotion, about getting love. He wants people giving to him, people devoted to him, like he is a god. But Cody never talks about what he gives to others, what he gives to his family, what they need from him. It's all about what he needs. There is no talk of Cody wanting to give his kids love and devotion. It's all about Cody receiving devotion. It's all about Cody being lavished. The hero, the alpha male, grrr, the patriarch who would be a great leader if only his pesky independent wives would just let him lead. Cody reiterates this episode that he feels that the moms, Christine in particular, turn the kids against him. Robin reiterates that it's the mom's job to help facilitate good relationships between Cody and his kids. No, ma'am. No, no, no. It's Cody's responsibility to foster relationships and connections with his kids. And it's Cody's responsibility as the father to nurture and enable those relationships to thrive. It's not on the kids to go speak to him. It's on Cody to speak to them. The ball is in his court. It's not the mother's responsibility to interfere or facilitate anything 
with their grown children to make it more convenient for Cody. This is on Cody alone, and Cody hasn't made the effort. This season is boring so far. I would really much rather just watch a spinoff show with just Janelle and Christine and their kids. I could really live without seeing the Kotex and his goblin ever again on my TV screen. I know a lot of people like the villain storyline and the drama, but it's really annoying to watch, to be honest. It's not entertaining. I really want to take a second to discuss Cody's hair. It's getting more ridiculous every episode now. There are straight up islands of nothing at the sides of his head, and he has just two or three perfectly placed curls in the front that he brushes forward to cover the front and cover the bald spots. And his hair starts, his hairline starts in the middle of his head. It's receded that far. It looks absolutely ridiculous. As ridiculous as a man bond looks on a man, and it's not a good look. And I love long hair on a man when they have a full head of hair, but not ever, ever, ever a man bun. Fuck no. And not when you're balding using the long hair as some type of security blanket when there's no hair on the front half of your head. What is that look? Seriously, what is that look? Cody just holds on to that hair like he holds on to his ego. Cut the hair, man. Cut it. Chop, chop. It looks more ridiculous every episode, especially when he wears that sun visor and he has the ramen hair just like sticking out. O-M-G. Cut it. Cut it. Christine mentioned this episode that she feels so grateful that she isn't married to Cody any longer. And every time Christine underscores how happy she is, how awesome it is, how grateful she feels to be free of this clown, we love it. The audience love it. We had to watch this idiot treat Christine like shit. We had to watch this idiot manipulate Christine, emotionally abuse Christine, and ignore her. He ignored her voice, he neglected her, and some of her kids. So when Christine is happy to be free and she feels relief, we are happy for her. Anyone who has dealt with a personality type like Cody's or someone with the same type of traits or characteristics will understand the relief of not having to deal with an idiot. Goblin this episode mentions how she just can't wrap her mind around Cody and Christine. She just doesn't get it. She doesn't see anything on Cody's side or on Christine's side that would warrant a divorce. Guess what? It's not her place to speak on it. But of course, Robin, who fancies herself the family counselor, has to give her two cents. She doesn't get what was so bad, guys, and she tried to facilitate a video call with Cody's kids. We learn about it this episode when the kids wanted to do a gift exchange and Robin had to interfere and no one could make it to this video call because Robin could not try and set a time. And Robin took it personally that all of Cody's older kids couldn't make it to this video chat she suggested. She took it personally and if she wonders why Janelle isn't crazy about her or why some of the kids aren't so crazy about her, Maybe, just maybe, a part of it might be that, for example, in Janelle's case, when Robin wanted a closer friendship with Janelle, and Janelle told her, basically, don't hold your breath. I got to think about it. Robin wanted to try and manipulate the situation 
to force it, to turn her against Christine so she could have that best friend spot. So she tried to manufacture a situation when Janelle didn't really respond. She wasn't receptive to Robin wanting to be closer to her. Robin tried to manufacture a situation to make what she wanted a reality. She tried to manipulate the situation. She tried to force it so that she could manufacture a situation where she thought Janelle would be closer to her rather than Christine. Janelle is no village idiot. Now, what Robin did is she told Cody all of what she perceived as her negative interactions with Christine, and she used Cody to parrot it back to Janelle in the hopes that that would end Janelle's friendship with Christine and make Janelle want a friendship with Robin. Obviously, that didn't work because Janelle has brain cells to rub together and lots of them. She's very intelligent. And Janelle won't be manipulated. And Janelle's kids and Christine's kids were raised together by Christine. Everyone loves Christine. She is the heart of the Brown family. Now, Christine, when Janelle was at work, was the primary caregiver to Janelle's kids. Everyone is loyal to Christine. They love Christine as their mom. Christine's kids also love Janelle. And when they see Robin on TV calling Christine a liar twice, invalidating her experiences with Cody, trying to invalidate her being divorced, putting Christine down, making snarky comments about Janelle's sons, they really aren't going to want shit to do with Robin. And Robin is always playing victim and whining and woe is me. Why would they want to be around her? She really isn't a likable woman based on how she acts on the show. Now, we don't know how she is in real life. Let's hope that's not how she is completely. Now, if she is anything like that off camera with the emotions and the victimhood and the constant disrespect and the manipulations, why would anyone want to deal with that hot mess express? The episode opens with Cody and Christine at lunch. And Cody has struggled and he admits that he has been grouchy. He's been very angry. Cody was talking with Janelle the other day and he lost his shit. They flash back to the same scene we have seen 10 million times of Cody asking Janelle if she will ever have any empathy for him. He almost died of COVID, guys. Oh my God. Now, TLC is on a budget, guys. And they must think that their viewers have dementia for real because they reuse those flashback scenes about a million times before they ever get put in retirement. Just like the catfish thing, we will see the same flashback for seasons to come. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Cody tells Christine that he has anger issues, as if we didn't already know this. And Cody admits he doesn't want to be at lunch with Christine. And Christine knows that Cody has been mad. He's been mad for a long time, and it's obvious that he's mad. Cody doesn't try to hide it. Cody says that Christine's face doesn't bother him. Her presence doesn't bother him. But it's his children, and it's what Christine is doing with their children. Of course, Cody's the victim. Cody assumes in his paranoia. Cody is under the impression that Christine talks to their kids, talks to Cody's kids behind his back, talking shit about him. Maybe if Cody acted right, he wouldn't have this paranoia. Maybe he knows he acts like an idiot. Cody thinks Christine is talking with the kids about the reasons she left. If Cody did nothing wrong and Christine is the bad guy, Christine is the evil enemy and she's the one who just put her stuff outside for no reason, why the fuck would Cody worry what Christine is saying? She obviously had valid reasons why she left. Cody obviously behaved in an emotionally abusive, manipulative way. He's obviously concerned because her reasons have validity. If Cody behaved right, if he acted right, he wouldn't be so paranoid and he wouldn't be so worried. Now, in the confessional, when Christine is being confronted with how Cody feels that Christine is talking behind his back, talking shit about him with the kids about the reasons she left, Christine says, Cody can get mad at her about a lot of things. He can name call her. It's fine. She doesn't care. But he sits there and tells her to her face that she is pitting his children against him. And that's not true. And it's not okay. And Christine says, no, no, no. It's not true. She is their sounding board. She's the sounding board for a lot of the kids. And they get to talk to her about things that are hard. And she listens. Something Cody isn't capable of, of course. We've seen the disastrous conversations Cody has with his sons and his inability to listen, take accountability, and communicate. Oh, it's amazing that the kids have Christine to go to, a non-judgmental place where they can express themselves, where they can be understood, where their voice can be heard, where they can get their needs met. Because Cody is incapable of providing that as a father to his other children. And Christine put time in those relationships. She fostered those relationships. She nurtured those connections with the kids as the heart of the family. I'm sure you guys remember the scene on Coyote Pass where Cody's son pours his heart out to Cody. Cody gives him nothing back like an impenetrable stone wall. So if Cody wants to bitch that his relationships aren't good, it's on him to nurture and build those relationships with his kids. It's not on his kids. He is the father and it's not on the moms. It's not the mom's job to facilitate anything or make it easier. It's the mom's job to be a mother and it's the father's job to be a father and not only when it's easy and convenient. Not only when they get to be the hero. We saw what happens when Cody's kids try to communicate with him. They get nothing but hitting a wall. So if they communicate with Christine, it's natural and it's very insulting to Cody's kids, in my opinion. 
for Cody to suggest that Christine poisons them against him as if they have feeble minds, as if they can't think for themselves. Cody pits his kids against himself with his own actions, his bad behaviors, and his demands. Cody is his own worst enemy. And also, the way Cody treated the moms, his ex-wives, probably doesn't help the kids to want a better relationship with their dad. Cody takes no initiative. But the reason the relationships are bad between Cody and his kids is Cody himself and his behavior and his problematic personality and his ego issues. That's not on the moms. That's not on Cody's kids. That's just a Cody problem. And he has to get help if he wants to be a decent human and a decent father to all of his kids and a decent co-parent with his ex-wives. The kids see, and they see everything that's gone on over the years. They see their father's behavior. They see how it affects their moms. They see how it affects them. They're neglected themselves by their father. And they think for themselves. And it's really a huge insult to their intelligence that Cody would even say on TV or at all that the moms influence the kids against him. And it's actually not helping his cause at all. Cody's not a victim in this. Christine explains that the kids get to talk to them about things that are hard and she just listens. Now, Cody says when he gets in the wrong place, he is just venom and vitriol. Christine asks Cody point blank at lunch, so you still hate me? She tells Cody it's okay. She doesn't want Cody to pretend. And Cody thinks in his pea brain that it gives Christine satisfaction if he does hate her. That's how toxic and delusional this man is. That's how warped he is. This guy is extra toxic and feeble-minded. The hair follicle booster spray from China is clearly seeping into his brain. He is so warped in his toxicity that he assumes Christine gets off on the fact that he hates her. That's how sick this guy is. First of all, Kotex Christine never thinks of you. She's moved on and she is grateful to no longer be married to the idiot. And she said last episode that it was awesome to not be married to Cody anymore. And she has said 10 million times that she wants things to be amicable with Cody. She wants to be friendly. She wants to be able to co-parent. She wants to be able to be around Cody without setting off his emotions like a bomb. But Cody is too weak-minded. He's too egotistical. He's too unstable emotionally to just be friends with the mother of his kids. He will never just be happy that Christine is happy. He isn't capable. Christine lets Cody know that it doesn't give her satisfaction for him to hate her. And Cody's ego can't stand that Christine is just done. And she's over it. He is obsessed with her. She lives in his mind rent-free all day long. He is obsessed with hating her. Christine moved on. She has a fiancé. She has a beautiful life. She is free and she glows. And she's happier than she ever was, especially with someone as toxic as Cody. And Cody wants Christine to still hate him, to be hung up on him, to be angry, to feel something. And Christine is over it. She feels neutral about it. She's moved on and she's happy. 
And Cody's ego cannot take it. He cannot be happy for her that she is happy. This comment he makes about him thinking that Christine gets satisfaction from him hating her says all we need to know about how insecure and foolish this man is. She really lives in his mind rent-free all day long like a poison eating Cody up. And she moved on free of his toxicity, creating this beautiful life. He's pathetic. He wallows in shit. Christine tells Cody that it's heartbreaking that he hates her and she doesn't think about him. In fact, she thinks about him less than he thinks she thinks about him. Now, Cody's ego wants Christine to be thinking about him and he can't handle, he can't wrap his brain around the fact that she doesn't think of him. She has let him go. She's relieved. She's free. She's happy to be free of him as an obstacle to her happiness in life. Cody wants Christine to be suffering. He wants Christine to be thinking of him the way she runs around rent-free in his mind 24-7 because Cody is sadistic. He's vengeful. He's angry. Cody is toxic. He's emotionally abusive. He's negative. He isn't hard to get over. He isn't hard to get over and he can't stand how easy it is for Christine to get over him. It's relief for Christine to be free of him. But Cody can't seem to get over Christine. She toppled his ego and she exposed him for the scummy man child he is. And the best part is Cody did this with his own behavior and actions throughout the pandemic, throughout the divorce. Christine admits she doesn't think about Cody much. And notice how consumed Cody is with hating her. That hate is keeping his fragile ego up for now. It preoccupies him so he doesn't have to deal with reality. Cody admits he wishes that he were more ambivalent. And Christine doesn't want Cody to pretend. Cody admits he drives by Christine's old house in Flagstaff and he has anxiety attacks. And Christine says coming back to Flagstaff is hard for her. Next, Cody projects big time. Cody thinks that Christine is Machiavellian. She plays nice while stabbing him in the back. Projection much? Projection, 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 as always. Cody tells Christine he had evil thoughts about her with an evil grin on his face. And he does the Italian fuck you gesture with his maniacal grin. And Christine is nodding and she's smiling. And her brain is probably thinking, I can't wait to be out of this man-child's presence. I want to be out of this fool's presence. And also in her eyes, there is relief. She is probably so relieved to be free of Cody. And there's probably relief that she met a real man, I'm sure. Christine asks Cody if there is grief over her leaving more than anything. Grief that something is over. Cody says it's grief, but it's bigger than that. It's that his big picture is ruined. And it's Christine's fault that his big picture is ruined. Now, Christine says Cody is trying to blame her for destroying his big picture. But he doesn't see that his actions over the last 10 years are what demolished his big picture. A hundred. Exactly. Well said. Now, Cody wants to deflect and he wants to blame Christine 
when all of this is on him and his behavior. And it is not Christine's fault that the family disintegrated at all. Christine says that you can't just pick favorites or stay at one person's house and expect to still have the big picture of a happy, huge, big family when Cody doesn't even have relationships with most of the people in that big picture. She has been hitting the nail on the head and saying it well. Cody says that his relationship with Christine was bad, and it is bad because of he and Christine, not because of Robin. He wants to reiterate, this isn't on Robin, guys. Robin's the victim, guys. Remember, she's the victim. It's not on her. Now, Christine tells Cody that she is sorry and this was never her intention. She has nothing to apologize for. Cody says that Christine is trying to say, oh, it's heartbreaking, but she's acting like in every way possible that her life is better than it has ever been. Yes, her life is better than it has ever been free from the toxic sludge that is Cody Brown. Of course, Christine's life is better than it has ever been. She met a real man. She is living where she wants to live. She is free from Cody's toxicity and mental smorgasbord of problems. She's free. She is relieved. She is probably happy for the first time in her life, free of walking on eggshells, free of toxicity, free of neglect, free of being ignored, free of having her voice ignored, free of feeling like she doesn't matter. She is probably happy and free for the first time in her life. And she has nothing to apologize for. She has nothing to feel sorry about. The family breaking up is not her fault. Cody's bad relationship with his kids is not her fault. Christine should be applauded for knowing her worth and taking her life and her happiness into her hands and getting what she deserves for herself. That's why she is happy. Cody destroyed his family with his actions, with his behaviors, with his toxicity. That's not on Christine. And only a coward like Cody would put that on one of his ex-wives rather than taking the accountability on himself. And as far as Cody saying his bad relationship with Christine is not on Robin, no one said it was, but it was Cody's choice to pick a favorite wife and not give the same effort and energy to all of his wives and kids and all the different households. Robin also manipulated the situation and she was extra needy and demanding for herself and her kids. And she knew Cody's number and that he needs his ego coddled and fed and her manipulative best customer bullshit may have secured herself and her kids and her family with everything they needed, but it also did contribute to the disintegration of the family as a whole. Cody gave so much in one place to meet Robin's demands and needs that he neglected everyone else. And that's Cody's fault. But Robin contributed to creating this mess and this monster. She enables Cody's toxicity. In the end, it was on Cody as the great leader he fancies himself to be in this polygamous situation to own his choice and keep up his end of the deal with every wife and her kids, giving everyone fair and equal time and effort and investment. 
When Robin came into the family, Cody allowed Robin to monopolize his time to the point where it was no longer fair and equal. Now, Cody likes convenience, and Robin played the damsel in distress. Cody got to be the hero there at Robin's, and it was easy and it was convenient, like he likes. But ultimately, Cody got played, and now he lost everything and everyone who actually loved him genuinely. Not love and devotion and obedience because they need security and to keep Cody's anger and emotions in check walking on eggshells, but the love and the people who aren't selling him the snake oil and giving him the best customer service. The people who won't always be convenient, who won't always be obedient, but who will always be real, who will always be honest, who will genuinely love and have your back. The people who will genuinely love Cody rather than manage him. But Cody prefers to be managed. He doesn't want anything real. His ego can't take it. Now, Cody has considered doing breakup counseling with Christine to say, hey, we're done, so that they get to a functional place. So Cody wants to do post-breakup counseling or maybe grief counseling, but he wants to get to a place where he doesn't hate Christine so that he doesn't talk bad about her to his kids. Now you see why Cody's kids may not like him or want a relationship with him too much. He can't handle separating his own emotions for his ex-wife and the mother of his kids from his love for his kids. And when he interacts with his kids, he can't view the ex-wife, Christine, as a partner, as the mother of his kids, as a co-parent, as a friend. Together, Cody and Christine created these lives. But Cody is so negative and so toxic that he feels he needs counseling to be able to bite his tongue and not shit-talk Christine to his kids who absolutely love and adore Christine. That's Cody's maturity level. He can't suck it up. He can't be a mature adult for his kids. His kids are already more mature than him. The kids seem more emotionally mature. They seem more self-aware than Cody is. Cody needs a counselor so that he won't shit-talk Christine to his kids Give me a fucking break. Man up. Act like a fucking adult. Cody thinks that if he and Christine do counseling, that they're going to get over it. And Robin thinks that counseling would be good for Cody. She says he's dealing with a lot right now. A lot. And Robin wonders how Cody, the poor victim, is able to even keep his head above water. Oh, the poor guy. Robin says that she would do counseling with anybody in the family who would do it with her. And she would also do counseling with Christine. I don't know about counseling for Robin. Can you teach a grown 50-something-year-old woman or late 40-something-year-old woman respect in a counseling session, how to be respectful? Can someone teach Robin how calling a trailer beneath human dignity that no human should live in a trailer is disrespectful or how calling Christine a liar about her experiences with Cody is disrespectful or how invalidating Christine feeling like she's divorced might be disrespectful or how bad-mouthing Cody's kids complaining about how they blame her as disrespectful 
or maybe how she said that Christine didn't try as hard as she was able to in her first marriage to make it work. Can you teach a grown-ass woman respect? Can you teach a grown-ass woman and a man that you can't manipulate situations to force things so that they're the way you want, the way you picture them in your mind? Like how Cody tried to leverage sex as a bargaining chip for Christine to be friendlier to Robin? Can a counselor teach Robin that when she asked Janelle to be closer to her and Janelle told her she had to think about it, that the solution to getting that friendship isn't by having Cody try to manipulate Janelle to tell Janelle all the ways Robin felt wronged by Christine, her best friend who is like a mother to her kids, just to try and get that relationship that she wanted, just to get that in with Janelle? Now, I don't think a counselor can teach decency and respect and common sense in the late 40s and 50s, but maybe it's possible. Who knows? Now, Christine points out that they're going to be in each other's lives. She and Cody, they share kids. So she says she'll do counseling, even though I'm sure she knows that it's dumb. Cody is the one with emotional issues and Cody is the one who can't move on. Christine is living a beautiful life and I wouldn't give one more second of energy or attention to this asshole beyond being cordial with basics at family events. Cody has the issue. Cody can get help. Why should Christine? She has already passed it. She's thriving. Now, Cody is going to ask a counselor that they used to see in Utah if she can help them. Cody feels that he needs to figure out how to forgive Christine, but he says he will probably never trust her again. That's okay. I doubt Christine minds. She doesn't trust him. Why should she? Christine mentions that Cody has been bringing up going to counseling and he's been doing that, talking about maybe going to therapy for years. Now, it's rich that Cody doesn't trust Christine and may never. He is the guy no one trusts. They don't even recognize him. His kids don't trust him or recognize him. Most of his ex-wives don't trust him or recognize him. And remember when Cody had the audacity to make up lies about the custody laws to try and intimidate Christine over truly? Cody is the guy not to be trusted. Christine says that they aren't going to go to counseling. She already knows that. It's just talk. By the way, do you guys remember the counseling Cody would go to with his wives? Cody would dictate to the therapist that his wives can't say negative stuff about him. He isn't down for criticism. He isn't down for discussing X or Y. Remember when Cody and Christine went to Galveston with their therapist and Cody ignored the assignment the therapist gave them and he made his own assignment and it was supposed to be Cody and Christine building a rock tower representing them, their relationship, their marriage and their anniversary And Cody railroaded the assignment and he made it about the family and he ignored the therapist and it was really disrespectful to Christine and to the therapist. Therapy on his own might be a good start for Cody, but with Cody's personality type and his myriad of issues, I really doubt it would do too much. He's already past 50. I I mean, it might help a little bit, but I don't think it would do too much unless he feels he has a problem. And I don't think he does. I don't think he believes that he's the problem. Robin gives her two cents. Robin thinks Cody, in his optimistic worldview, he sometimes will miss red flags. She says even when Christine moved his stuff out, Robin thought that Cody thought, well, they would just figure it out. 
Well, wasn't Robin the one advising Cody poorly to ignore Christine's boundaries and what felt safe for her and what she asked for of Cody not staying there any longer? Robin advised, fuck what Christine said. Fuck her wishes. Fuck her boundaries. And Robin suggested to Cody, stay there regardless, no matter what, even if on the couch. She encouraged Cody. She wanted Cody to violate Christine's boundaries, wishes, and safety. Why is that? Cody knew what was up. Cody played dumb when the boxes were in the garage, but he knew what it meant. And this, Cody sees the world through sunshine and rose-colored glasses bullshit, is all hogwash. Cody may have a fake used car salesman charisma when he wants to put on the charm to get something, when he is getting his ego fed and everything is convenient, But give Cody a speck of trouble, a grain of inconvenience, and then it's not daisies and sunshine, it's toxic sludge. Christine explains that she cared for years, whatever Cody needed, whatever Cody wanted. Christine wanted to be the best wife ever, even when she didn't matter to him. She would have done anything he needed her to do. But now Christine says she is done. She is done. She isn't going to do a thing for Kotex anymore. What a relief this must feel like for her. Christine tells Cody that she eventually wants to be able to be friends with him. And she wonders how they can just move forward and be in each other's company and actually enjoy it. And she wants it to come from a sincere place of them being friends. And that's very healthy. And she asks Cody if that's naive. And Cody doesn't know. He doesn't know if it's naive. I think he thinks it is. I don't think he has any intention of being her friend. Now, Christine is the mother of Cody's kids. Cody needs to man up. And he knows his big picture fell apart, not because of Christine, but because of his behavior, because of his actions. And he needs to stop putting everything that went wrong on Christine or on his ex-wives. And even before Christine ever left, Cody was referring to his family as the obstacles to his goals in life. That's on Cody. He was the one who asked what happened to Team Brown. And he is the answer to that question. He happened and he is his own worst enemy. He happened to his family. It's not on Christine. It's not on his ex-wives or his kids. And Robin contributed to it by enabling Cody. But ultimately, it's not on Robin either. It's on Cody. And the sooner Cody takes accountability, the sooner he will learn to grow the fuck up instead of being a coward and a man-child who deflects, projects, and has not one speck of self-awareness or emotional intelligence between his ears. This is not on Christine. Cody ruined his big picture himself, and he looks like an idiot the more he wallows in the pig shit, in the misery, in the self-pity, while also suggesting he is a great leader. He can't manage his own mind. He can't manage his own emotions. He can't manage himself. How the fuck Will he ever manage a family? Cody says that there is no way for him to enjoy Christine's company. He doesn't understand Christine ever suggesting that even. 
Mary says that she has seen Cody over the last few years get increasingly angrier. She has watched him and seen the way that he responds to things, and he seems very angry. Christine doesn't know what to think about the conversation with Cody at lunch, and she's just super grateful that she isn't married to Cody anymore, and she says Cody is a lot. Cody is just so intense. Of course, he's full of poison. Robin says that one of the things confusing her is she doesn't see the deal breakers between Cody and Christine. And she doesn't mean to cast judgment, you guys. And she says maybe it's just her perception. Ding, 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 her work perception. But she doesn't see where either Cody or Christine did something so heinous and so horrible that their marriage just had to end. Robin can't understand. Clearly, there's not much going on between the ears if Robin still can't get it. It's not her place to get it. It's not her marriage. Christine graciously explained her experiences and her marriage issues a million times. Robin gets it, but she just wants to play at being dense, at being clueless. And it's easier to play the victim that way. In fact, when Christine was explaining some of her marriage experiences and her troubles, Robin was busy trying to fight Christine, calling her a liar at every turn, attempting to invalidate her marriage experiences, disrespecting Christine in her own home more than once. So if Robin just can't seem to understand, she is playing dumb. She does it a lot, and it's not cute. It doesn't suit her. She's not a good actress. She knows exactly what Christine has gone through. She was in a troubled marriage herself, but it's easier for her to play dumb so she can play victim. Robin really is a terrible actress. Every time I see her try to cry, I just laugh. She scrunches up her face. She's wiping the wrong part of her eye for the tears. She's looking constipated as fuck. Take an X-lax for fuck's sake. Eat more fiber. Cody couldn't get out of that lunch with Christine fast enough. And he says he just wanted to be done. He wanted to get away from Christine. And he says he doesn't need any more of this. Neither did Christine. And that's why she left his ass once and for all. Next, it's Thanksgiving, and Cody complains that he doesn't have his whole family together again. And it's the second Thanksgiving in a row that the family isn't all together. And a lot of it has to do with Cody and his behavior, of course. Truly, Peyton and Christine are going to Aspen and Mitch's house for Thanksgiving, and Janelle is with Maddie and Caleb and Hunter and Savannah and Isabel and the grandkids at Maddie and Caleb's new house for Thanksgiving. And Janelle is making Christine's rolls and it's super cute. Christine is helping Janelle on a video chat. And Janelle kept thinking during her Thanksgiving that she was really enjoying her holiday. And it crossed her mind. She wondered if she should feel guilty that she was enjoying it because 
her being at Maddie and Caleb's and away from the family it represents a really big break in her family tradition. And she had mixed thoughts, but she was very happy to be at Maddie's. It was a great day. They had fun. And Janelle describes it as, it was perfect. Now, I doubt Janelle would have labeled her Thanksgiving as, it was perfect if she was separated from her sons and her and Savannah were hanging out at the Goblin's Lair with all that negative energy and toxicity. Not to mention the walking on eggshells. Christine explains that their family has been eroding for a long time. They have done their best to be as okay as possible, but there are still hurt feelings from 12 years ago when Robin entered the family and everything has been accumulating for years and now it's at a breaking point. And Cody says the big shakeup wasn't caused by Robin. He keeps reiterating It wasn't Robin's fault that he and Christine had a bad relationship. And also, it's not Robin's fault that the family has eroded. The shakeup wasn't caused by Robin. According to Cody, who wants to rewrite history, the shakeup in the family was caused by the fallout of going public. And that decision was made by the whole family before they met Robin. What fucking bullshit. Cody, as usual, wants to rewrite history and spin the narrative, and he wants to make sure, preemptively, that Robin isn't a part of the equation. He knows the truth. She knows the truth, too. The family dynamics and the family culture changed when Robin came into the family. And even Christine said last episode that the family stopped doing their usual traditions when Robin joined the family. When Robin came into the family, Cody didn't do his part to keep things fair and equal among the wives. When Robin joined the family, it started eroding. It did start with Robin. And again, last episode, we have Janelle and Mary reiterating that the dynamic shifted never to settle back into a good groove again with Robin joining the family. And it had nothing to do with the family going public. Before Robin, the family had existed for way over a decade, and it wasn't perfect, but it was good. The family functioned in a more functional, healthy way with just Janelle, Mary, Christine, and Cody. And after Robin, Cody picked a favorite, and he gave her more time and more attention and more presence and more effort, and he stopped doing things fairly and equally across the board. And it has a lot to do with Robin entering the family and Cody favoring her and Cody not being able to do things fairly and equally and invest equally any longer. Robin also enabled Cody with her manipulations and her bullshit as well. Now, ultimately, it was Cody who chose not to do things fairly and equally. And it was Cody who chose not to hold up his end of the deal with these four women he agreed to marry and his children. It was Cody who chose to neglect everyone but Robin and her kids. It was Cody who chose to prioritize them and neglect everyone else. And it was Robin who perpetuated the us versus them bullshit narrative that she wasn't accepted by the others and that kept Cody on guard and that kept Cody resentful and he was getting ego supply his ego feasts and his coddling and his hero narrative and his adulation 
out of Robin and Robin's manipulations, her best customer bullshit, enabled Cody to become more of this monster. And she managed Cody in a way to get what she wanted for herself and her kids, even to the detriment of everyone else in the family. And Cody allowed it and he allowed it to happen. And that's on him. Cody is the one who allowed himself to be manipulated. And he also decided that it was okay not to do things fairly and equally anymore when Robin came into the family, that it was okay to invest more in one wife. The favorite wife where he gets to be the hero at this one place and then going to these other places where he has to be inconvenienced, where it's not always easy, where he has to make efforts. That then becomes his burden. And Cody said it best when he said, my family, my wives, and my kids are the obstacles to my goals in life. That's how Cody felt about his other wives and kids. Now, Cody has his goal, his favorite wife and her royal children all to himself. And he looks miserable. He looks mega constipated. And he's more bald than ever in the front with the three wispy curls just brushed forward, clinging on for dear life. And Robin is miserable too, and she looks it. Because she realizes she is stuck with the ogre and her best customer bullshit can't carry her forever. She isn't the favorite wife. Now she is the only wife. And it probably sucks balls for her to have to walk on those eggshells all day long. Managing that sixth child, that best customer all day long with his tantrums and his moods and his unhinged emotions stewing in that resentment. Holy fuck. And now she's the only target for it. Fuck. Janelle was going to spend the holidays with the family in Flagstaff, but there is this huge looming problem. Janelle told her kids what Cody was requiring of them in order to attend Thanksgiving, and she delivered the facts to them. She told them what Cody said. He wanted the conversation. He wanted the apology. And Janelle feels that Cody is the one who needs to do something here. And she says, he is the head of the family. He wants to be the patriarch. And this is part of that role. But of course, Cody falls short. He hasn't made any movement to speak to his kids. Now, Cody says he made the mistake of not managing his family properly. He's not capable. And Cody desiring this control, demanding respect, demanding obedience. It shows that Cody doesn't know what a leader is. And he wants to get it by force, by control, because he isn't capable of actually being a leader, of deserving respect and getting respect because you do things that nurture respect and foster respect, that foster faith in him as a leader. Cody isn't capable of being a real leader. That's why he has to get it by force. He has to demand it. He's a very insecure, incapable guy. Only desperate people who know they are incapable try to control. So Cody says that he made this mistake of not managing his family properly and Christina's left and Janelle has decided because he and Janelle aren't in the best place that she would rather hang out with Christine. And Cody says they aren't working like a family. They aren't a family. They are acting like enemies. Yes, Cody treats everyone who isn't Robin and her royal children as his enemies. 
Robin says that they're all separate except herself, Mary, and Cody are together with her kids for this holiday. And Robin says her three older kids, when she told them that they would be separate again for Thanksgiving, they dealt with feelings of rejection and feelings of hurt and feelings of heartbreak. And they asked Robin, why don't they care? Listen, Robin's kids aren't victims here. Robin scrunches up her face. She tries to milk out those tears. And she reminds us that she has dealt with that heartbreak before. And Robin reminds her kids it's not personal. And she apologized to them for being the innocent parties in all this. She apologized to them that they are getting hurt by this. The others in the family are hurting her kids. For Fox's sake, Robin and her kids are not the victims here. Now, if we recall last Thanksgiving when no one could attend because of Cody's rift with his sons and the protocols and the demands, Robin framed this to her kids as a rejection. She went into this and she expressed it to them as rejection and she wants that narrative. But no one rejected Robin and her kids. Why would Janelle and Savannah logically go to Robin's Thanksgiving when Janelle can be with Maddie and Caleb and her grandkids? When Robin and Cody are angry, they're emotional, and they're constipated, and everyone acts like they're wronged victims, and everyone has to walk on eggshells, and it's tense, and it's toxic, and it's a complete emotional mess all the time, and they are playing the victims constantly. That sounds like how? Who would want to go there? Where everyone acts like the wronged victims. It wouldn't be a fun Thanksgiving at the Goblin's Lair. Janelle said her Thanksgiving felt perfect. It was perfect at Maddie and Caleb's. It wouldn't feel perfect at Robin's. And Janelle's sons weren't welcome. And Cody did nothing to initiate a conversation with them. And that was his demand. And Robin was very disrespectful of Gabe and Garrison. So why would Janelle ever consider going where it is tense when she can go somewhere where she's wanted and loved? Cody is angry and it's walking on eggshells where she can go and she can be with her people and have a great time. Robin has her family. She got Cody. She has her kids. Janelle doesn't want that toxic ramen-haired poison drum. She doesn't want anger. She doesn't want resentment. She doesn't want eggshells. And she has her kids she went there to her kids where her kids could all be together. It's not a rejection of Robin and Cody and their kids. It's not personal. The only reason her kids view it as a rejection when Janelle logically wants all her kids together and to go to Maddie and Caleb's is Robin is the one framing it that way to her kids and to herself when it's not rejection. And it's foolish and very immature to even think of it that way. If Robin were in Janelle's shoes, we all know she would go to her daughter's Thanksgiving, especially if her sons weren't welcome. This is just bullshit for the victim narrative that doesn't exist. No one hurt Robin or her kids. No one did anything wrong to them. This is such bullshit. If Robin just told her kids, listen, we are doing our holiday with Mary. Janelle is going to go see her grandchildren. She wants all her kids to be together. She wants all her kids to be there. So she's going to go there. She's heading there to see the new house. If Robin just left it like that, like a normal person, like a reasonable person who didn't have to take every single thing as a personal slight, if she left it at that, I have a feeling it wouldn't be a problem. 
but Robin makes a mountain out of a molehill because she wants to be a victim. And Cody does this as well. So they're already emotional kids get more emotional and take it as this huge personal rejection when it's not, and it's not a big deal. It's not personal, and it's definitely not a rejection. Robin cares when her kids' feelings get hurt, but did she care, by the way, when Isabel was in tears because her dad missed her major surgery because he could not be away from her kids for more than a few days? This is all such bullshit. I would tell my kids, you have a home, you have a roof, you have a bedroom, you have food, you have clothes, all is good, all is well. This part of the family can't make it to Thanksgiving. They have other places to be. They have other people to see. Maddie got a new house. We're going to have our holiday together with Mary. No big deal. My thought would be, so what? Why not understand why Janelle wants to be at Maddie's? Why is it such a big deal? It's not a big deal. I really don't see why there was even one tear shed. And how are these kids going to live in the real world and be independent and be productive if they are this sensitive that they're reduced to tears because... One mom and her daughter can't make it. What the hell? Cody wishes that he got things straightened out before now, before the holiday. Yeah, uh, interestingly, mysteriously, he's made no effort. Now, Cody explains that there has been a lot of offense and a lot of struggle and a lot of heartache, and he doesn't know what to do about it. I would say get help, be humble, take accountability, communicate. Cody hopes in the next month or in the next year, he can get things worked out. He wants to find peace and love with his family. Again, his family he referred to as the obstacles to his goals in life. And he is now sad after all of his toxic behavior and emotional abuse and neglect and neglected relationships that he cannot find peace and love when, again, he referred to his family as obstacles. Cody laments that everything is changing right now. He says he is at peace. He is in a very peaceful mood this Thanksgiving, surrounded by people who aren't offended by him right now. This Thanksgiving. Now, Mary is just sad about it, and she is sad that this is what their family has turned into. Their holidays are not the big family functions they used to be, and that's sad for her. Cody says more than anything, he is grateful right now for where he is at. He is grateful that he has love and devotion with a portion of his family, and he hopes he can get more of that from more of his family as they move on. What's interesting is Cody doesn't talk about wanting to give love and devotion or what his kids might need from him receiving that from him. Cody doesn't talk about what he can give others in the family that he neglected. Instead, he hopes he can get and receive more love and devotion from them, from more of his family, the obstacles to his goals in life. He wants love and devotion given to him, but he doesn't seem to want to give it. I also think it's interesting that he wants to get devotion as if he's a god, a deity. He wants to be devoted to, like he is a dictator, like King Jong-il. He wants devotion, unquestioning, unflinching devotion, to be worshipped and revered by his family. I thought Cody selecting the word devotion was interesting. That was an interesting choice for Cody to use, considering he's hell-bent on being a dictator. 
Now, what has Cody done to inspire love or devotion with his kids or his ex-wives? The people Cody neglected. To receive love, to receive devotion, you have to inspire it, just like with respect. If you behave in less than respectful ways that don't inspire respect, you aren't going to get respect. Respect should be given, but if a person is disrespectful to you, only a fool would just keep doling out respect and respecting when you are not receiving respect. Relationships are a two-way street. It's not just one-sided, where just the leader gets it all, unless it's a dictatorship. Christine had a lovely Thanksgiving this year, and she mentions that last year was more impactful for her when they did Thanksgiving separately. She had decided to leave, and she was still living in Flagstaff, and she had her separate Thanksgiving, and this year was more impactful for Janelle, because things are more strained now between Janelle and Cody, and everybody in Flagstaff. So this year, Christine had a very easygoing holiday. Christine has a really cute scene with Peyton. She teaches Peyton to make the Brown family favorite mock tapioca pudding. Peyton's grandma gave this recipe to Christine, and then it became the Brown kids' favorite comfort food. Peyton is happy that his mom lives in Utah, and she is very happy here. Peyton, we learn, he never moved to Flagstaff. He moved straight to St. George and he started working there. And then he joined the military. And he was at basic training during the family's move to Flagstaff. Peyton is Christine's only biological son, of course. And he lives in St. George, about four hours away from Christine. Peyton loves to talk a lot. He loves to have conversations. And Christine mentions how she really wants to be friends with Cody and she hopes Cody's relationships with her kids get better. And Peyton reveals that he has his own issues with his dad. And McKelty has her issues with her dad and Aspen as well. And Peyton thinks it's good for his mom to open up about this. Christine explains that Robin and Cody both had the Rona and they got sicker than most people get with it. And Peyton says it's because their immune systems are terrible. And he's smiling And Christine tells Peyton to quit it to stop it because his sarcasm isn't helping his anger. Christine says she made her choices and her choices made Cody mad during the pandemic. And Peyton says Cody had the audacity to ask her not to go to grandma's funeral. And Peyton says all of Christine's kids and Janelle's kids have chosen a side to the best of his knowledge. And they have chosen his mom's side. And Peyton explains how Robin and her kids and his dad got mad because all the kids wouldn't do a Zoom call, a video chat, at Robin's request, of course. Now, Christine feels that that whole thing got blown out of proportion. But a few weeks ago, Logan texted a group chat of the siblings. He wanted to do a sibling gift exchange. And then they decided that they should tell the parents about it. So they told the parents. And of course, Robin stuck her nose in it and got involved and the whole thing blew up. Now, Robin demanded a video chat with all of the kids there. But the kids, they were willing to do it, but they needed a set time. They were willing to do it, but there wasn't a time where everyone was available to do it. Of course, they have their own schedules, their own lives, their own work. They're parenting, all this stuff. They can't all make it at the same time. There's like 20 of them. So it's hard for them. They couldn't all be there and find a time to all jump on a video chat. 
So Robin was pushing for the video chat for the sake of her kids, for the sake of the kids in general, and she was getting all of this pushback. And then she wondered why she was even trying. And she says it was an effort in futility. So she was out. And at one point, Robin told the kids, well, she was trying to guilt them, of course. And she said to the kids, my kids don't even remember who their siblings are. And Hunter told Robin that one video call wasn't going to help that. See, the siblings wanted to do a harmless, fun gift exchange, and Robin stuck her nose in it, knowing she's a huge problem for everyone and that there's a lot of deep-seated resentment and a lot of issues. She was trying to get involved and manage things and manipulate things, of course, and she was wanting to do this video chat. She wanted to manage everything, and no one wants to deal with Robin. They don't really want to speak to her. A lot of the kids and a lot of the ex-wives have a lot of negative feelings and resentment about Robin, and they don't like her for a myriad of reasons. They have negative feelings based on the way she behaves and her personality type. So she then tried to manipulate the kids like she always does, like she tried to do with Janelle when she wanted a closer relationship with her, for example, and it wasn't working and it made the situation even worse, I'm sure. It made the kids probably even more resistant to her. Now, if Robin didn't try to stick her nose in and if she didn't try and bitch about her kids being the victims and the outsiders being dramatic with shit like, oh, my kids don't even know who their siblings are anymore. Cody's kids don't even know who their dad is anymore. How about that? My guess is if Robin didn't interfere, things would have gone smoothly. They would have gone okay. But Robin keeps pushing that her kids get more attention and deference from the rest of the family when it's not naturally there. Whatever the relationships are, that's what they are. Why is Robin trying to force herself and her kids on everyone in the family who doesn't necessarily want them? They have a lot of negative feelings. They have a lot of resentment. Why doesn't Robin have self-respect and be cordial? But she cannot push and force sibling relationships in this blended family. She wants to force her kids on everyone. She wants them to have this ideal family experience when not everyone is feeling it. But she wants to force her kids on everyone else. When they were included, they were accepted in everything that the Brown family did and all the traditions. But it wasn't enough. Nothing is ever enough. Robin wanted more and more. And she got pushy and she got manipulative. And Cody's kids already resent Robin. So she should have just left well enough alone and it probably would have gone well. Now, Christine says the whole thing got blown out of proportion that they didn't want to hang out and then no one wanted to hang out and then all of these hurt feelings of when Robin first came into the family came out and it turned into a big squabble between Robin's kids and a bunch of the other kids. And Mary thinks it got way blown out of proportion. Christine thinks that everyone's emotions ran high and Janelle says... Everyone was trying to deflect, but it kept spiraling and then it was done. And some of the things said and expressed, she doesn't think they can come back from. Cody says when the text thread went on, he just ignored it and he wasn't picking sides. He says Janelle and Christine's kids already chose Janelle and Christine. And Cody says he always wanted the family to have Christmas together. And Robin says it was a horrible day. Christine thinks that Robin jumps to conclusions too fast. 
And Robin says, this is another example of them not wanting to be a family with them. And it's been like this since the beginning, Robin complains. She says, by the end of it, her older kids didn't feel comfortable being involved in the gift exchange. Janelle's kids wondered what the fuck even happened. Peyton says when they went public, the purpose was to say polygamy works. But Peyton doesn't think polygamy works in his family anymore. Now at this point, Robin scrunches up her face with her fake crying voice and she complains that her kids think it's heartbreaking and it's stupid and they don't understand. Yeah, her kids are the victims and the other brown kids are just the bullies and the mean girls. This victim bullshit is annoying as fuck and it's very disingenuous. Robin's kids were involved in every family thing and in every event. They weren't raised with the brown kids. They aren't all going to be attached at the hip and have this perfect sibling experience. It's a blended family. You have to be realistic. Robin is very pushy with herself and with her kids and she has unrealistic expectations as well. Her kids were accepted and they were welcomed. Robin is emotional and she misperceives everything. And if things aren't exactly as she wishes in her head in some ideal dream world, then it's rejection and she will try to manipulate it to be the way she wants. And she tries to control it and manage it and counsel her way into it. And if it's not this ideal thing, then it's rejection. It's black or white. For her, there's no gray area. Everyone has been kind. Everyone has been inclusive. You can't force your kids on people. You can't force deep relationships. All of this hurt and rejection is because Robin is forcing herself and her kids on everyone else. They have been very accepting and it may not be the ideal relationships that Robin imagined. It would be better if she accepted it and went with the flow rather than continually forcing herself when she is not wanted and her kids are accepted, even if it's not this ideal fantasy that Robin and her kids picture in their mind. They are accepted and they're the ones creating so much stress and emotions and animosity that no one wants to touch them with a 10-foot pole. And this victim mentality, this overreacting, this jumping to conclusions is what makes everyone want to stay the fuck away. The hurt is caused and this sense of rejection is caused by trying to force relationships that aren't there. You cannot force relationships. They're there or they're not. Just accept the relationships that work in the family and accept the relationships for what they are and leave the ones that don't work. Stop pushing yourself on people. Have dignity, have self-respect and don't force your friendship on people. The reality is, Robin created a lot of resentment and negative emotions when she came into the family for the other kids and the moms. Everyone was as accepting as they could be and nothing was ever enough. All the brown kids grew up together. Robin's kids were blended in. They were accepted, but they aren't going to be as close with everyone as the siblings who grew up together. That's reality. Live with it. Accept it. Respect yourself enough not to force it or play victim when you don't get the ideal picture in your mind. This bullshit narrative is so fucking annoying. Robin says that this is another reaffirmation of all the messages that they are getting 
that they are outsiders on the other side. And Robin says, they aren't outsiders. They refuse. They refuse to be. They don't know what else to do. I would suggest accept the reality of the relationships as they are and accept the dynamics. Everyone is cordial. Everyone is accepting. The more you push it, the less anyone's going to want anything to do with you. Robin expects them to all be like brothers and sisters. And when there isn't the deference and the red carpets that she expects from the other brown kids to her kids and to her beyond the basics, beyond civility, beyond acceptance, she takes it as a complete rejection. It's all or nothing for her. It's a blended family and Robin should be realistic and she should have realistic expectations based on reality. Her kids feel rejected because she has unrealistic demands and unrealistic expectations. And then when she gets hit in the face with reality, she overreacts emotionally and it's rejection for her and it's personal for her when it really isn't. And then she spoon feeds that shit to her kids who are basically adults now who really need to learn what reality is like and that whatever ideal vision in your mind When it isn't really reality, you cannot push that and force and manipulate that to be so just because you want it that way. It's not rejection, and this is all such bullshit. Christine tells Peyton that she knows that the kids have struggled with Cody's choices, and Peyton tells his mom he's frustrated. Christine is trying to make it so that Peyton has a relationship with his dad, but Cody has picked sides, and he's going to do Christmas with Robin and her kids and Mary. Cody has picked sides and Christine tells Peyton that she thinks they can work this out, that it'll be fine. But she wonders, is it really going to be fine? And she answers and she says no. Peyton doesn't want to say that Cody was a distant father. He was there. He was around. Peyton could always take the initiative to go find him. He always knew where Cody was, but he would have to seek Cody out. Cody didn't seek him out. But having so many brothers and so many moms and so many support systems, that always helped. Those support systems were always there and it helped Peyton a ton. Robin says that it's important for wives and mothers to help those relationships the dad has with his children because he isn't there all of the time. No, it doesn't matter whether you're a polygamist or a monogamist or if you're divorced or if you have a job where you have to travel far away for months out of the year, it's still the father's responsibility. It's Cody's responsibility to help and facilitate his relationships with his kids. Whether he's there all the time, whether he's not, whether he's a polygamist, whether he's a monogamist, don't father so many kids if you can't be there and be present for all of your kids all the time as a father. Being a polygamist and not being there all the time is no excuse and it's not on the moms. Now, Christine clarifies that it is her responsibility to be a mom and to be a mother and it's her favorite thing that she does in this life. Christine feels, and I agree, that it's Cody's responsibility to create a good relationship with his children and it always has been. I agree. Christine feels like their family is just dividing and she thinks that they're looking now at a permanent separation. Christine doesn't think Robin has ever lived plural marriage, honestly. And Christine says, because as soon as Robin came into the family, even before they got married, and then Christine stops herself. Again, Christine says 
She doesn't think Robin has ever lived plural marriage honestly because as soon as she came into the family, even before they got married, and then Christine stops herself there. She doesn't want to go down that road because it doesn't help with anything. Christine says she left Cody because she could see that he had favorites. And when you have a wife that's a favorite, the other kids are going to see that and have a hard time with that. And it doesn't mean they don't accept her, but they don't accept her as much as Cody did than she guesses. So the kids noticed Cody had a favorite and they accept her, but maybe they resent her. They don't really like her and they don't show her the level of deference Cody wants them to. And they have resentment surrounding Robin being the favorite. They see how much it hurts their moms. They see how much Cody is neglecting their moms. They see how much Cody is neglecting them. But they see how much attention the favorite is getting and her kids. I also think Cody, even before he married Robin, was having an almost monogamous relationship with Robin even before they married. Cody would spend a lot of time with her. He would go away because she lived far away. We remember from season one, the long weekends and Christine complaining that Cody was always away. He was spending too much time seeing Robin and she feared he was replacing his family with Robin's family. And that is exactly what has come to pass. Next, Cody Playax at being father of the year. Moonlighting, of course, because we know his first job is upholding his tender ego. The holidays have been sad for Cody because the family didn't gather for Thanksgiving. Cody's the victim here. And Cody says there is a lack of desire to get together. But Cody is excited about this experience with Aurora and he is looking forward to it because Aurora is going to get her ears pierced, the rebel. She's very anxious, she's nervous, and she has butterflies. Isn't she almost 18 and she's scared to get her ears pierced? and her daddy is taking her, this is weird AF. It's embarrassing that she didn't just go with her friends like any other normal girl her age. Cody used to dislike ear piercing. Originally in their family, they didn't do piercings of any kind, not even the ears. Now, when Cody first married Mary, she didn't have her ears pierced, and Mary's mom chatted with Cody, Grandma Bonnie, and Grandma Bonnie told Cody, that piercing ears is against the gospel. It's a big no-no in Mary's church. Now, ear piercing was a big thing that you don't do. And if God wanted holes in your ears, he would put them there himself. That's how Mary grew up. Now, Janelle came into the family and he told her, no pierced ears because the church leaders don't like it. No man should be telling any woman what she can or can't do with her body in any way, shape, or form, including pierced ears. If God is up there in the sky sitting there relegating people to the hellfires because they pierce their ears, uh, wow, wow. You'd think God would have bigger fish to fry than that. So when Janelle married Cody, she did have earrings, but she took them out to please him and to obey the church leaders. Janelle knows that it may seem silly now, but she explains that when you're really trying to live righteously and you're excited about your religion and you have a faith, you want to embrace that faith, there were things like that that they did. And Christine had two piercings in each ear when Cody met her. 
And Cody gets weird and squeamish about piercings, even just simple ear piercings. It was too much. So Cody told Christine he hated earrings and Christine stopped wearing earrings. Cody explains that he wanted to play by the rules with his family and with their religion. And Robin came into the family and she had ear piercings and her dad took Robin to get them himself. Now, Cody told Robin that his other wives had given up their earrings and it was right around Christmas. And that's when Robin discovered how grumpy Cody was about Christmas. He hated the commercialism around Christmas and he felt that Christmas was just pressure. It was commercialized. It was pressure to make sure everybody got something special. Cody hated it. He hates being inconvenienced. So Robin made Cody a deal that she would take out her earrings and she would never wear them again if Cody would agree to be happy and jolly from Thanksgiving to New Year's. And I'm sure she included some of that best customer service to sweeten the pot a little bit. Cody says his attitude changed about piercings, at least earrings, pierced ears, And Robin started My Sister Wife's Closet, and Cody felt the earring thing was stupid at that point. So then he came around to, okay, he was okay with it. Cody got over it, and Robin wears earrings now, and she doesn't know what changed for Cody, but he changed his mind. Janelle decided that she liked earrings, and she was going to wear them. She was over 18, so she wasn't breaking any rules, and she was going to wear them. And Cody didn't really care, but they still kind of felt like they needed to enforce the same rules for the older and younger kids. So all of the kids, all of the girls had to wait until 18 to get their ears pierced. And Mary still doesn't have pierced ears, but it's purely because she has allergies to metals, not because of any other reason. Cody's really excited to share this with Aurora and Cody says that this will be the first time that he has ever gone with a daughter to get her ears pierced. So Cody could take Aurora to get her ears pierced, but he can't go with Isabel to her major surgery. He can't go help Isabel move to North Carolina for college, but he's father of the year, guys, and don't you forget it. Aurora says that it never occurred to her to get her ears pierced or that her mom wanted her to get her ears pierced. So Aurora considered it for herself and she discussed it with Cody. And now after much discussion, she is getting it done. Is this what she wants or is this what her mom wants for her? Cody says Aurora bought into it. She bought into what Cody, her dad, said to her. She discussed it and then she decided she wanted to do it. So Cody says this is a benchmark and Aurora wasn't going to get her ears pierced out of respect for him. That's how much she respects him. And Cody didn't want his daughters to have their ears pierced. But his perspective has changed. So now he is taking Aurora like a daddy-daughter experience to pierce her ears. Cody explains that because of Rona restrictions, only one parent can go in with her. And Aurora picked Cody to be the one to go in. And Cody thinks Robin promoted it because Robin has this great memory of her dad taking her to get her ears pierced. 
So Cody doesn't know when all of his older daughters got their ears pierced. He has no idea when they went. He doesn't know if they went when they lived at home. He doesn't know which daughters have their ears pierced. He has no clue. But he's here taking Aurora. Janelle thinks that all the girls waited until they were 18 to get piercings. Now, Cody has a deep appreciation for how much Aurora has respected his authority as the father and the head of their home. He appreciates the respect Aurora has given him on that level. And Robin says Cody was sweet. He was positive about it. It was a fun experience. And she wants Cody to have this experience with each of his girls. I'd say he missed the boat. I mean, first, let's try and get this guy to attend the big stuff, the mandatory stuff, like major surgeries. Perhaps then maybe he can work his way into the ear piercing department. Cody, we learn, as a teenager, got his ear pierced. And Aurora can't believe it. And Robin is shocked. And she calls Cody a hypocrite. Cody got his ear pierced when he was a sophomore in high school. Janelle knew about it. She knew that Cody had his ear pierced. Janelle says Cody wanted to be the rock star. He was in a small town and he wanted to be the big town guy. And he was trying to be that guy. Note the trying. He was trying to be that guy, meaning he didn't quite measure up. Mary knew of the ear piercing story as well, but Robin didn't. Cody says he and his sister were at a jewelry store with one of her friends and Cody asked his sister to dare him to do it. And his sister didn't dare him. She was silent. She said nothing. But Cody went and he got his ear pierced of his own volition and he told his sister that she dared him when she didn't as the excuse. So he wanted the piercing and he got the piercing on a Saturday night and he hid it and he wore it to school on a Monday and then he took it out and that made his mom cry that he got this piercing. Cody had fun going with Aurora to pierce her ears and he says it's a memory locked in forever, like the memory he has of piercing his ear and he is very glad he no longer has a pierced ear. Next, we learn that Christine goes to Flagstaff every 10 to 14 days for business, and she usually sees Gwen and Janelle and Savannah and Janelle's kids, and Janelle got a new Christmas tree to fit her apartment, a smaller one, so Christine is over helping Janelle assemble the tree. Christine adores Janelle, and she is glad to have a friendship with Janelle. She and Janelle got closer and closer since the move to Flagstaff, and with her leaving, they got much closer because Janelle has been very supportive of Christine. And Christine has been there for Janelle as well. The same way that Janelle was there for Christine. Because Janelle has been extremely supportive of Christine leaving, so Christine is really making a point to reciprocate. Now, Christine asks Janelle if she is going to Maddie's again next year. And Janelle doesn't know. Christine knows that everything is really separate right now, but she tells Janelle that it just can't stay that way. But Janelle doesn't know. Janelle doesn't know what's going to happen. She has no clue what to do. And Christine looks genuinely concerned. Janelle tells Christine that she's taking it day by day. And she says with Cody, he says it's just about I need respect. Cody saying I need respect, demanding respect. And Janelle says, 
Cody was always a really engaged father. And it's one of the things Janelle really admired most about him. And when the Rona happened, the relationships with her children, with her boys especially, really broke down. And she thinks that opened the door for the older complaints to start coming up again. And Janelle is stuck in the middle. And her boys feel like there has been a definite favoritism or preference on time and energy poured into the different households. In other words, Cody spends all of his time and all of his energy and puts all of his investment and effort in one place, Robin and her kids, while neglecting everyone else. Now, Cody is really frustrated when people are talking like this happened the past 25 years. Cody has always wanted a relationship with his kids. As his kids grow older, he says the relationships go both ways. No, the relationships are on him. He's the father. But during the pandemic, things shifted. Cody says he made it clear that he no longer needed the boys to apologize. He just needs to communicate with them and talk. He needs to clear the air of all of these rumors going on in the family. But Cody took no initiative to talk to his sons even still. Mary says she looks at Cody and she thinks, come on, can you have just a little bit of compassion? She suggests don't draw such a hard line. Janelle isn't optimistic. She says everything is separate now. And Christine thinks that the kids are tired of pretending that everything is okay. Janelle doesn't think it's one-sided. She says there is no bad guy here. Janelle thinks that this goes back to when they blended families and she says they somehow missed something. Janelle feels that blending families is hard work and they have a plural family so it's even harder blending families because of all of the different difficult dynamics. Janelle says her children remember a lot of hurts and she knows they tried very hard to integrate everybody. But Janelle wonders, maybe there were always cracks. Robin says, now it's all blown apart. And she says, when a new wife joins the family, you go through this process of adjusting. And in Robin's view, there were some people who were willing to make the adjustments who were welcoming, and there were a lot of people in the family who were unwilling to make the adjustments. Now, Cody says when Robin came into the family, just he and Mary welcomed Robin warmly into the family. McKelty has been talking to Robin and her kids, and they have all expressed a lot of frustration over how they felt when the families blended. And it's really more messy than Christine thought, and it's sad. Next, Janelle and Christine talk about what's different when Cody's there versus when Cody is not there, how they do things differently in their households when Cody is or is not present. They have different rules for when Cody's there and when he's not. For example, Janelle's dogs sit on the couch unless Cody is there. They have different rules When Cody is there at Janelle's, the dogs aren't allowed on the couches. And Christine says when Cody wasn't over, which was most of the time, of course, they would play. They would have popcorn for dinner even sometimes. They had more freedom. They would do things differently when Cody was around versus not. At Robin's house, when Cody isn't around, which is probably never, 
They go to bed later when Cody isn't there. It's a fun perk of polygamy, according to Robin, even though she basically lives monogamy and has always lived a more monogamous type of life since she gets most of Cody's time and attention as the favorite wife. Mary says whether it was two of them or three of them and Cody was there, they would just go to dinner or a movie. It was always simple. Now, Christine asks Janelle if she and Cody are good with their relationship. And Janelle says no. She thinks what's happened is when the kids moved out, then they didn't know how to move forward with just the two of them. And Janelle doesn't know what to do. She doesn't know if she and Cody should keep working for their relationship. Janelle doesn't know. Cody seems so set about the kids respecting him. And Janelle's kids think, what? They think Cody is nuts. Now, Janelle isn't going to try to put together this relationship post the kids leaving when they don't have a lot in common. And she doesn't even know who this guy is anymore. She refers to Cody as this guy. She doesn't know who he is anymore. She says everybody is angry and Janelle doesn't see that the relationship is worth the work. Christine agrees. Everybody is angry and she remembers that even in troubled times, they were all still able to get together and put their differences aside. But now the differences are on full display. Janelle says that they are beating this drum. The differences are on full display and they're saying that they can no longer sweep the differences under the rug. They want everything resolved. And Janelle says now that Robin and Cody and the kids have all had the Rona and there is now no need to separate for fear of the virus, they are now saying they can't all get together until they figure all of this out and sort everything out. Now that's Cody and Robin's new drum to keep everybody apart. It's their new excuse to keep everybody apart. Beating that drum of having to solve all of the issues and all of the problems before they all get together. They will no longer sweep it under the rug and set their differences aside for the family to get together. Because Cody and Robin don't really want to get together. They just want to complain that they're the victims of everybody else rejecting them when they're making demands for everybody to be allowed to get together according to them controlling the situation and what they want out of it. Until they get what they want, they will not get together. And that's a manipulation and it's toxic. Janelle knows that the Rona was used as an excuse to alienate the family. Remember, the CDC guidelines weren't enough and Cody created those ridiculous pandemic protocols. And now the new excuse is, They can't get together until all of the problems are magically solved and it's all figured out. Cody only wants his family together if everyone kisses Robin's ass and coddles her children with kid gloves and if people don't respond to her as the mama bear of the family, the matriarch, if the family doesn't allow her to coach them like the older kids with the video chat situation, if Cody doesn't get absolute worship and obedience and devotion then he doesn't want a family. He doesn't want anyone getting together. And he bitches about his family being destroyed, but he is the one keeping his family apart 
by making irrational demands and attempting to force everyone to prop up Robin, who they have resented for years, and to prop up his ego. He gives nothing, but he wants to suck everyone dry. The kids aren't going to comply, and they're not going to walk on eggshells. And neither will Janelle, and she shouldn't. If Cody wants a good relationship with his kids, he needs to appreciate the mothers of his kids and treat them with respect, and he needs to be the one to take accountability and reach out to mend those relationships without any demands about compliance or respect, without trying to control. Cody isn't worth it. No one is worth giving up your independent thoughts or feelings or your voice or your autonomy just to play act in a show of this other person being a hero, getting their ego fed, just blowing smoke. Cody is no hero. He will never be a hero. And he certainly isn't capable of leading. And it's not because he didn't know how to manage his pesky independent wives or family. The man can't even manage himself and his own emotions. He's a joke. He's an emotional mess. He needs help. He isn't a man who will inspire faith that he can lead. And if Cody wants respect, he will have to act in ways that deserve respect and nurture and foster respect. And he will have to drop the dictatorship bullshit and the patriarchy bullshit and the demands. Cody fails to see that he isn't the leader. He doesn't have those qualities that would inspire people to have faith in him being the leader. Robin has conditioned her kids to just do what he says, to just live in whatever his demands are, to make it work and to make him stable. He isn't a hero. He's a burden. And she is teaching her kids not to be independent, not to use their free will, to allow others to control you, to give respect whether people deserve it or not, to blindly comply for the sake of keeping the peace and keeping the emotions of someone who can't control their emotions well in check of a very unstable guy. If Cody thinks he is a hero or a leader, he's a nut. Robin just appeases Cody to manage his crazy ass and she forces her kids to do the same or get out. Do you know how much walking on eggshells and bullshit that is? Now, if Cody thinks any of his other kids or ex-wives ever lose their sense of self or their self-respect or their dignity or their self-worth or their voice or their identity just to manage his mental state or let him play act at being the leader, he's scrambled. Cody over at Robbins is the equivalent of letting a toddler sit in the fire truck and blow the horn and play pretend at driving. It's all to humor him and keep him stable and emotionally regulated. And Cody is dumb to fail to understand that he is being managed by Robin. At Robin's, I don't believe that they actually see him as the leader of the family. They manage his crazy to keep things secure, to keep things stable, and that's all. Eventually, there's going to be a level of resentment. And Cody's other wives and kids respect themselves and the man that they used to know far too much not to be disingenuous with him or manage him or enable him in the same way Robin and her kids do. They know that treating Cody the way Robin does would only enable Cody and fuel the monster. And they have too much dignity and self-respect and respect for the man they used to know, in my opinion, to behave in that way. Now, Janelle says there are lots of moving pieces. There is a lot. 
And Janelle is worried that everybody won't do the work because they are so angry. Cody is so angry. And Janelle says he is getting angrier and angrier and he's getting sharper and sharper and he's getting more black and white with her about the kids needing to respect him. I loved Christine's response to this. Her response was, ew, really? It's getting harder? And she cringes at Cody's buffoonery. Again, she looks grateful that she is no longer married to the man-child. Janelle says it's getting so hard. It's really complicated. She and Cody aren't getting divorced yet. They aren't walking away. But Janelle doesn't know what to do. And she doesn't know what will happen ultimately. Now, we know Janelle leaves Cody. But of course, there's a huge delay between filming and the show and real life. But we know from last tell-all and the news that Janelle leaves Cody. And I'm sure she feels the exact same relief that Christine does. Christine is there for Janelle and she's really sorry that this is happening and she gets it. And Janelle says there is a lot of unsettled mess in the rest of her life. But with her kids and with Christine, it seems to all be normal. It's stable and it's how it always was. Christine says it's heavy and it feels really heavy, but it's great to see Janelle. Christine really didn't think that Janelle and Cody were that bad. But things are rough right now. Janelle says with Cody and her kids, with the stagnancy of her situation and of her relationship with Cody and where it's at, not in a good place, it has given her time to reflect on what she needed in her relationship going forward with Cody. Janelle and Cody weren't in a great place going into this situation and Janelle doesn't know what the future is for herself and Cody. And in the future, she wonders, can it be saved? She really doesn't know. She has no idea. Now, of course, we know that obviously Janelle left Cody and Mary also left Cody, of course. That does it for this episode. Next time on Sister Wives, I'll be covering season 18, episode 3, Throwing Stones in Glass Houses. Next episode, Cody tells Janelle that she has cheated him out of his contact with his family. Again, it's Cody deflecting and blaming the mothers. And if Cody wants a good relationship with his kids, number one, he has to act like someone people want to be around and people want to know and not like toxic sludge. Second, Cody has to take direct accountability for the bad relationships with his kids and the mistakes he made. And he has to be able to initiate conversations with them And he has to be the one to go to them and talk to them. And he has to make zero demands and zero requests. He has to make it about his kids and giving to them rather than what he wants from them. His relationships with his kids are his problem and no one else's. Also next episode, Janelle tells Cody in the beginning and then Cody overtalks Janelle. They're having a conversation And she tells him to shut his fucking mouth and to let her talk. And I was very pleased to see Janelle really stand up for herself and have a voice because Cody never hears his wife's voices. He never hears his kids' voices. And Cody leaves like a coward and he tells Janelle he doesn't expect her to help them both co-parent their kids. He is disrespectful. He's angry. He's raising his voice. He's pointing his finger at Janelle And Janelle lets him know not to point his finger. 
Cody tells Janelle he has been here day long, in and out for all of these years without her support. Everything he says is projection. He projects his behavior onto other people who deflect from taking accountability. Janelle requests that Cody stays and that he listens to her and that they talk. But Cody is done and he won't stay because he says Janelle isn't listening to him. Janelle tells Cody that he is not listening to her and Cody informs her that he isn't going to listen and he leaves and he slams the door and Janelle tells Cody a much deserved fuck you. Cody is a coward. He's a piece of shit and he doesn't respect women. He doesn't respect the mothers of his kids and he thinks he is something to write home about when he is a complete man child. The wives are relieved to be free of him. Even the man's kids want nothing to do with him mostly other than limited interactions. That does it for this episode. To my YouTube listeners, thanks for listening. Please like and subscribe and let me know your thoughts on Sister Wives in the comments section if you like. To my podcast listeners, don't forget to follow this podcast wherever you listen and rate it with all the stars. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next week. Bye.